1: and welcome to the Football Fanalytics podcast in association with 23. This is the show that combines our love of football and very average Sunday league playing experiences with our knowledge of football statistics and data analytics. It's episode 21 and we're talking January transfers this week. My name is Mark Carey and joining me as ever is my good friend Ryan Bailey. Ryan how are you?
0: I'm good thank you Mark I'm good. How's your, uh, how's your week been?
1: it's been good thank you it's it's been a busy one it's been a hectic one
0: um I've <laughs> i'm never... laughing because i know how busy it's been it's yeah
1: no it's been it's been really seriously good um yeah i'm, I'm dancing around it but i've i've sort of announced haven't i through uh, through twitter um i had the pleasure of announcing i've um become a data analyst at the athletic um officially.
0: let's just let that uh let's just let that sentence sink in slightly that's that's fun isn't it that's fun it's
1: it's it's very very fun believe me um no, it's it, yeah, it's been a whirlwind um bit of time. Everyone's been so so nice um on Twitter, sending nice messages and stuff. So I've got to say thank you to to everyone for that. Um and obviously everyone that I'm currently working with as well has has helped me settle in unbelievably well. So as as good as the content of the Athletic is, the people are just as good as the the content. They're That's so good so nice. Hear.
0: My favourite part about it is that you were planning on keeping the announcement quiet. So when I said we should, at some point, talk about your new role on the podcast, you were a little bit like, well, you know, let's see how it goes, I'll settle <laughs> in a bit first. Next thing you know, Tom Warville drops a tweet and then the then the analytics Twitter gets involved and uh, everyone was loving it, weren't they?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I was, I was basically trying to keep a low profile and obviously get my head down and make sure that I was just working hard and getting settled and... Um, yeah, keeping my keeping my face <laughs> out of the, the spotlight. But uh no, they as part of it, as ev- everyone who joins, you do a bit of an introductory piece, um, just to to say what your content's gonna be for the coming weeks and stuff. So I did that on um on day one and then that came out midweek and I thought, well, I've got to sort of double down on it now and announce <laughs> it. So um no, yeah, a really enjoyable week. It's it's everything that I thought it would be. I'm more so um, still getting my head around it, still loads to yeah. learn, still so much more that I can, you know, obviously do. Otherwise, it would be a bit odd if I'd done everything in week one. Um, but yeah, I'm so excited to, to get going.
0: Fantastic news, mate. And obviously, I'm very, very excited and uh, very, very pleased for you. It was very surreal seeing your face. Uh, alongside <laughs> Mark Carey what was the headline Emil Heskey made me fall in love with football um loved that but you know seeing your face on the on the publication of what I read so much was very very surreal so so how talk us through very briefly obviously there's gonna be a lot to it but how what what is your role going to be going forward you're a data analyst so how how is that role going to sort of come out on 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 screen if you will on paper
1: on paper yeah I mean a key part of it, as, as Tom has been doing, but now there's just obviously increased capacity to do it, is to support the writers in their their use of the the data and the analytics with um, with their pieces. So already I've got my teeth stuck into um, some of that, being able to support yeah. in that regard. So yeah, certainly supporting the writers and then hopefully similar to, to Tom, um, Tom Warville, for those who, who aren't a fan of The Athletic, um, in, in actually doing some of the analytics writing myself and actually breaking down some... Uh, some ideas and um, yeah, having my own stamp of using the data to explain concepts within football. Ryan,
0: fantastic! I mean, my favourite part of it as well is the fact that you're going to be sort of uh, working with the top end publication of football, and then also at the weekend you've got to talk to a clown like me about basic football analytics hey, work. You stop it! You stop it! Both are equally as enjoyable. Well, thank you very much. Mark. <laughs> thank you very much. No, honestly, really excited, and you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing sort of where it goes and uh what you're going to be coming up with in the coming weeks. Thank you. You and me both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway,
1: as ever I don't like talking about myself Ryan, so how has your week been?
0: Yeah, it's been good, thank you mate. Uh, I mean, obviously not quite as exciting as yours. Um but you know, I've I've been enjoying myself. I'm actually also uh, as a freelancer, I'm in the middle of jobs at the moment. So, uh, my week has consisted of a lot of Football Manager, uh a lot of uh Tweeting about the fanalytics pod, obviously. Um, but yeah, you know, if, so if anyone wants to call me up and give me a job in in football, that's fine. I'm, I'm pretty adept at uh, counting passes and. Um talking crap while making tea so you know it's it's fine i'll i'll i'll, yeah. I'll do whatever
1: <laughs> i mean you're, you're doing yourself a complete disservice here. you're a successful producer director who has well. most recently worked at the bbc oh well and oh. the quality of this podcast in terms of the the sound and editing is purely down to you well so we need to stop let me just get uh, that in right there
0: we need to stop being nice to each other it's, t- it's a bit disconcerting. <laughs> uh it, it actually does feel like a good time to mention though um there, there has been a really useful tool that I've been looking at um, called, they're an account called Freelance Football Ops. And as well as a sort of a successful Twitter account, they, uh, they're a weekly newsletter. And um, they're really good. They send through different opportunities, both freelance and full time. I think we've mentioned them once before on the podcast, um, yeah. which, you know, if any of our listeners are interested in signing up to, there's some really good roles on there sort of in the field of writing, video, audio, digital marketing, you know, all sorts of stuff. Uh, they've got a really good pool of opportunities that people can apply for so I've been uh, I have actually been browsing through there to to see what's available so uh, I would highly advise any listeners to, to take a look at that um, but anyway that's probably enough job chat isn't it
1: maybe, maybe enough for this week but no just to echo what you said they are they are a really good resource so we would encourage anyone to to use it um, but yeah I think without further ado Ryan should we get into the crux of this week's episode I, I
0: think we should get into the crux let's, let's do yeah. the crux thing alright
1: let's go for it so, as we said at the top of the episode, we're going to be talking about the January transfer window this week. Um, and there hasn't been too much going on at the time of recording, Ryan, but what have you made of it so far?
0: I think that's always the way though, isn't it? Sort of from the start to mid-January. We're, we're always hoping for something to happen, aren't we? And it very often doesn't transpire that way. Um, most notable one so far, uh, obviously Ahmad Diallo, who's a very exciting young player from what I read. Uh, has gone to Manchester United from Atlanta. That's a good one. And then, obviously, Big Sam's made his first signing. So, Mr Allardyce, very happy for you uh, in the form of Robert Snodgrass. Uh, So, yeah, no, I I think we always expect there to be big things happening at this time of year. But it never really happens that way in a normal year, does it? And, obviously, you know, funds is a very different situation for everyone uh, because of the the word we don't speak about this year. So, um, yeah, it's it's a bit of an odd one, isn't
1: it? Yeah, and I think, as you say... It does january transfer window completely differs from uh, from the summer transfer window whereby the january transfer window is often to try and get a quick fix in if something's maybe going wrong or trying to fill a gap for a reason that's happened you know during the season whereas summer is more building for the future and more of a long-term plan but you do get the odd one um here and there who who do make a big move in january transfer window but who knows as you say i think more towards the end of this month we'll we'll maybe see a bit more activity uh and movements but yeah i think brexit i've said it there i've said it ryan Brexit has, has kind of got in the way a little bit. I was going for COVID, bit. not Brexit. Oh, right. Oh, another, two words well, we don't speak about. Two words we don't speak about. That is a very good point, actually, yeah. Um, <laughs> two words we don't speak <laughs> about. My word was, was Brexit in the fact that um, it's, it's got in the way of kind of the transfer window and will do going forward. Um, and for any international listeners, this basically means that Britain have left the European Union. So the laws are now different, which means that um, bringing players in is just slightly more difficult and can actually mean that... Um, other European countries might have an advantage in signing other other players, but it's all now on a something of a points-based system. So a player has to be has to fulfil certain eligibility before they can be signed and stuff. So it's just that bit more difficult to to sign. So I think that might play a part as well, um, as well as the the word that you referred to, Ryan. Covid is get has got in the way as well.
0: Yeah, and I guess this year, uh, more than ever, that sort of importance on planning and recruitment that we kind of touched upon last week is is more important than ever, isn't it? Because you can't just, it's not as simple as just going, We let's get that player to fix this problem, is it? You kind of really have to, um, there's a lot of hurdles this year, isn't there, to, to sort of think about and to get over.
1: Yeah, and I think as we said last week as well, like you want to get your recruitment right at the best of times. And that's just a, a fact. But I guess for certain clubs who can afford to maybe make the odd mistake here and there, um, even they can't really now, kind of as you say, because uh, there's just so much, so little margin for error. Um, it shows that maybe people might become a bit more risk averse, and we might have a quieter window for yep. that reason. That people don't want to take the risk on a certain player until they're absolutely sure. Maybe see how the rest of the season pans out, and then if they do want to make the move, they would, you know, do it in in the summer. So that might play a part in it as
0: well. So I was going to ask you then, what's your opinion on the uh, Liverpool centre back situation? Because obviously there's been a lot of chat about how many cropped players you've got in your uh, in your ranks. <laughs> uh, but you know, the the party line is officially that because of the uh FSG and Klopp sort of mantra of not making rash decisions and stuff that you're not going to buy a centre-back so what's your sort of uh view on that
1: yeah I can kind of understand that because ultimately when everyone's fit which is not the case at the moment as yeah. we know that we would have two guaranteed starters in Joe Gomez and Virgil van Dijk yes. so if we were to get a real big marquee defender in the January transfer window come the summer when everyone's fit again what do they just then come out of the team and then a marquee signing sits on the bench and I know that Liverpool every top team needs to have a a rotating squad but selling that to a player that they may come in do a job for six months and then there's the likelihood that they're going to have to fight for their place it doesn't really probably bode well for the player no it's there's that element to it as well that but then you look at the fact that I mean only last week they played with two midfielders playing in in defense so that's obviously not ideal as well because not only does that maybe weaken your defensive line because your defense your midfielders aren't too adept at playing playing in defense despite Fabinho playing so well yeah. in defense but then that also then has a knock-on effect to your midfield um, because you're not got the same kind of dynamism and the same yeah rotation within the midfield as well so it has a knock-on effect throughout the team so yeah the the squad's thin the team's thin at the moment but I don't think it's in the, in terms of a long-term investment it is the wisest thing to do to get a marquee signing as a centre-back right now fair fair and also who would be available I know that there's been talk about Sven Botman but I don't think that one's realistic from what I've I've been reading would you get I don't know, a youthful centre-back who could be up and coming. Again, it probably isn't going to be the wisest thing. Reese Williams is doing a job at the moment. Nat Phillips here and there, although... Not quite ready, are they? Well, Nat Phillips is 23, which is why it's a surprising one. But for me, personally, Nat Phillips is a good championship player, but not at the level. So it's a complex one. But long story short, I don't think that they should be signing a, a big defender because it's only going to be a short-term fix
0: fair enough and also I guess you've got the added advantage as you say that Fabinho is just an absolute monster of a player isn't he that he kind of seamlessly slots in and you, you, you wouldn't really know he was not a centre-back would you if you were watching him for the first time
1: correct it absolutely has he's done suit so, so well but then Kind of as i was saying like but then you kind of lose his that screening of the midfield Mm. that he was so so good at the past couple of seasons you lose that and you could maybe condense the field a bit more if he were to make those sorts of challenges further up the field if he were to operate in a midfield role then you'd be able to win the ball back a lot higher with his like legs that come from about two miles away and then he manages to nick a ball and then suddenly you're on the attack far yeah. higher where when he's making those unbelievable challenges doing so well as a defender. It's obviously in at the defensive line and then you've still got it a long way to then go and build the play. And Liverpool recently have been sort of struggling and breaking teams down as well. So if, you know what I mean? If you have that knock on effect of losing someone's quality within the midfield, yes, pushing into defence and doing well you do lose the primary role that he's actually good at.
0: Absolutely. Well, so obviously we've established then that Liverpool probably won't delve into the transfer market. But I guess what we're going to talk about this week then is potentials for those who might do. Uh, I'll let you elaborate a little bit more.
1: Yeah, we've picked we've picked a couple or we've picked three to basically talk through of potential signings that um, that clubs may want to look at using the 23 content toolbox. Yes, um, I don't know if I told you, Ryan, but we are in association with Twenty Three. Um, <laughs> it so came never up. gets old. Never gets old saying that. But yeah, I thought it'd just be a good chance to use their their tools, and maybe they aren't completely realistic signings for the uh, for the clubs themselves, but they're certainly using this you know complex data analysis to actually use this tool, this Discover tool, which is part of the uh, the toolbox to to find some players who profile well um, similar to those who. Uh, who we want to look at. So we'll go through each one in, in turn um, and maybe look to see who what players are similar.
0: Sounds like a plan. Um, first of all, though, I guess we should refresh the listeners on what the discover tool is and why it's useful because you know as we're saying this down the line of clever recruitment and really sort of good planning it's an interesting way to to look at options isn't it rather than just going oh they're a centre back they might be good let's choose them so why don't you explain a little bit exactly what the discover tool is again
1: yeah well there's i guess there's two ways that we could kind of look at it um one is that you can choose a player you can type in the name of a player that that you want to find similar options to them And using this complex statistics and data analysis, it will allow you to, based on some of the metrics that that they are good at, it will find similar players who profile well uh, in terms of their output, which is really useful. And I think this is something that we used before. I think it was with Joe Gomez, wasn't it? That it's it's almost like, yeah, we know what Joe Gomez can do, type his name in, find other players who are similar to him, which is a really useful tool. Yeah. Another way that you can do it is by saying what metrics do you deem important and then we'll maybe spit out a short list of some um, some players based on that as well. So we're going to give you a couple of options within the examples that we do to do it that way as well. So you can say we want someone who is potentially, let's say, good on the ball, who can get up for headers and get the ball into the final third. Yeah. So you can also do it based on that and just say, OK, pass is attempted. That's a really important one. Final Third Balls, that's a really important one. And then you can shortlist based on that as well. So there's two ways you can do it. Um, we'll give a, an example of both. Um, but again, it's a really powerful tool that, that will help in, in terms of a recruitment search.
0: Fantastic. And more than anything, it's just fun for us to look at players, isn't it? That's the that's the main thing.
1: Yeah, and also to, to, to potentially find find players who we are familiar with, probably most commonly in the Premier League, but to, across Europe to, to find players who you profile well, who you maybe haven't heard of. And that's where you can potentially find a gem. Find someone who you maybe wouldn't think by eye would be someone that you would profile similar to, to the players that we know about. But that's how the you know shrewd recruitment might work, that you can find a, a gem maybe within a, an average side or a struggling side. Um, And, yeah, just get to learn about more players. Always fun.
0: Fantastic. Well, let's start with an example then. So I think that obviously a need that has been about for a couple of months now uh, is from that of Wolves. Uh, Obviously, Raul Jimenez sustained a nasty injury, didn't he? A nasty head injury. Um, So they obviously have Fabio Silva, who's their marquee signing, knocking about the place. But while he's been settling in, who could, if they were to look for a potential replacement, quick fix this January transfer window, who might be a good replacement for Raul Jimenez
1: yeah yeah and as you say Fabio Silva I mean he's 18 years old he's not yeah. going to suddenly come in and
0: he also looks like he's in the strokes yes yeah, <laughs> he absolutely does yeah he does he's a good musician as well yeah. as a good forward brilliant guitarist he,
1: it's difficult because he he's a completely different profile of player to to Jimenez Jimenez is quite physically imposing um, whereas Silva's quite sort of slight and he's more of a maybe a Fox in the box sort of thing. Mm. Um, So he's a completely different profile of player. So that might be another reason, as well as his age, only 18, why he's maybe not done quite as well yet, but there's still loads of time. Um, I understand as well that um, the Wolves have called back uh, Patrick Catroni from Fiorentina from his his loan spell. So maybe looking to actually uh, reintroduce him to to the team, um, see whether he can fill in, I guess, in the meantime. And I think the key thing as well is that Raul Jimenez is going to hopefully come back into the team for Wolves quite soon. So yeah. um, it, it might not be a, a realistic, this is who we think that Wolves should sign because they probably won't be signing a, a forward anytime soon because they're bringing Catroni back. But I thought it'd be fun to, to look. Hypothetically, let's say. It's a hypothetical one. It's just a bit of fun. But yeah, using this discover tool, I have put Raul Jimenez's uh, name uh, into it. Uh, of course, this is all using uh, Scout data, which I know we've mentioned before with this tool. Yep. Um, and you can look at his attacking profile and see who's similar. And you can do it in terms of threshold. So you can say like from 0 to 100, how much
0: similarity do you want? Um, so it's not necessarily on ability base either, is it? it, it you know, the, you're not saying that whoever we pick out here is going to be as good better or worse than Jimenez is it purely on playing style
1: yeah i guess it's it's a little bit of both but correct it's not just like pure output how many who's similar in score also scoring the same number of goals as right Jimenez. okay you're right it's someone who's yeah similar profile who maybe takes a lot of shots um someone who maybe heads the ball quite a lot is maybe does more dribbles than someone else it's that sort of thing of stylistically as as well as a bit of output okay. yeah correct um but yeah I've, I've set the similarity as 70 out of 100 so a bit of wiggle room so that it's not a carbon copy of raul jimenez but someone who's similar in his profile gotcha um and a couple come out. Um, weirdly, one was Lewis Graben at Nottingham Forest, which I thought was interesting. Oh, he—he um, um,
0: he was the one who uh, used to play for Sunderland. <laughs> when I watched Sunderland till I die, I think he—he was—he was the striker then. A couple of—I think I was in the first series, and then he—they uh, left for Forest.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's he's a bit of a journeyman at, at times, but been around. Um, he's been around, but yeah, just actually as well. On that note, is that it's pulled up uh, Lewis Graben because the the leagues that I've thought would be interesting to look at um, with the top five European leagues. So um, as we've spoken about before, Premier League, French League, German Bundesliga, Italian Syria, Spanish Liga. And I've included the championship there just in case there's any sort of gems there as well that could be interesting. Gotcha. Um, but the one that I thought would be most interesting um, to to pull out was Wout Veghorst, who's doing really well uh, at Wolfsburg uh, at the moment. He's tearing it up in, in Bundesliga. Okay. And I also think it was interesting that Wolfsburg are like the German version of wolves so I thought it would be quite interesting they're both kind of based on a wolf fun well Um, brilliant that's not the only reason that they are similar so he has a (laughs) uh, a similarity score of uh, 79% and I guess it makes sense that he is kind of similar to Jimenez he's quite physically imposing Um, Beghorst is is six foot four Um, a Dutch international as well he's he's yeah really good very airily uh, dominant Um, he's he's 28 as well so he might it would again realistically he's not someone who probably would be someone that Wolves would be would be in for Mm. um especially because he's rated there's there's rumors previous rumors of him going to Tottenham as well okay Um, he's rated about um in terms of price about 32 to 36 million so I don't think Wolves would be in for him anytime soon not least because they've just forked out 35 million for for Fabio Silva yeah but still fun to look at nevertheless um his, his goal scoring rate is is really good in the Bundesliga as well he's um, averaging 0.54 goals per 90. so basically Great. better than better than a goal every two games which good. since the, since the start of last season is the 11th best um in the league so he's, he's profiling really well. And he's bang on in line with his expected goals as well, which shows that he's getting into chances that you'd expect him to score a goal every other game as well. So that that return of yeah, one goal every two games is is, is really strong. Yeah, similar to uh, to Jimenez, kind of as he expects as well, given Jimenez is he's he's good at linking the play and getting it to the likes of treori wide and stuff. He's not known as a as a dribbler. Um, similarly, here uh, Bergkost isn't isn't much of a dribbler either. He's kind of a something of a target man, but I think that's maybe doing him a bit of a disservice. Mm. Um, but yeah, he's definitely got an eye for goal. Um, he's got nine goals in 13 games this season and um, that's the fourth best in the Bundesliga. So he's fantastic. he's got a decent output, does uh, does Veghorst. So that was an interesting one that I thought would be, it just shows that you can really pick out using this tool, someone with a similar profile, whether he would be on the move to Wolves anytime soon is a completely different conversation. But I thought it'd be fun to to look at and to show that he's uh, he's similar.
0: Absolutely, love that. Um, here's a question I've just thought of. Would you have Raul Jimenez at Liverpool? Uh,
1: probably not. I don't think he'd fit the, the role very well. Because are you thinking kind of a link up, I- almost... A- force him into a false
0: nine I'm just thinking that you all you almost with Jimenez or I almost and I, I read about sometimes it, it, he's on borderline top sort of six club isn't he really in terms of quality and I'm getting I don't know course might be the same I just I just wondered if if you think he will make that jump and then I guess my first question is always with you to Liverpool so I wondered if quality wise or as a different option to you know what Firmino offers if he'd be someone that you would look at if you were if you were Jürgen
1: uh-huh. Um I think he you're right in that his quality and this is no disrespect to to Wolves I think his quality is worthy of g- making a move to a to a top 6 club mm. or to a higher club for sure I think that yeah you would have to make sure that you adapted to his strengths as well mm. because yeah Wolves this is why Wolves's goal drought has has probably occurred recently is that he is so integral to their goal scoring yes I watched a few games recently um of Wolves and they they would they've got so many great technical players with Pedro Neto I think is a fantastic player Traore's pace down the wings is so so strong but they just had no one to to get it in the middle to um and that's that's the strength of of Jimenez I don't know whether he would fit the same profile for Liverpool I guess to answer your question um, and if he did, you'd maybe have to adapt to him as much as him adapting to the team. And I don't think it would it would quite fit. But yeah, fair. I do think, as you say, his quality is worthy of a, a move to a potentially bigger club. And I don't want to say that as a disrespect to Wolves, No, no. but I just did.
0: <laughs> well, there we go. Uh, I mean, you know, we know that anyway, George Mendes would uh, have someone lined up if, uh, if him and decided to move. Maybe George Mendes uses the discover tool check them
1: <laughs> the portuguese version because it seems it's the only market yeah. you're in for
0: if you're listening george uh we'll do a couple more for you to explore <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay so that was one done hopefully you enjoyed that ryan did uh, did you like a bit of that
0: i did indeed yeah i uh let's do a couple more
1: cool so who i know that we spoke about this before who is it that you've got in mind or had in mind to to speak about next
0: Okay, well, I've been reading a lot this week about Manchester United potentially uh, looking to sign another right-back. Um, I think, what from what I can gather, the effect of Luke Shaw being galvanised by having Alex Telles there as uh, as competition, obviously they signed him last summer, has really sort of brought the best out of Shaw, hasn't it? And mm-hmm. it seems like they'd like to have, A, a similar effect on Arawan Bissaka, because, you know, as as great as Timothy fossey mensah is, I'm not sure that he's the... You know, going to be the push that Wembasaqa needs to stay at top of his game, uh, and also they need, uh, you know, someone with a bit more of an attacking threat. I, I've never quite seen anyone tackle as well as Aaron Wambasaka in recent years, but um, you know, That's going true. forward, is not not necessarily his strongest suit, is it? So, uh, if they were to look for a right back, Mark, who who would they potentially be looking at?
1: Yeah, well, there was rumours that that they were in for, for Kieran Trippier, wasn't there? Yes, um, that I read, and but this was before I think before the the FA handed. Handed him a ten week ban for for betting offences. So I think they've kind of pulled out of, of that one. Um I understand, Ryan, that Kieran Trippier is responsible for one of your greatest moments of watching England.
0: Top five greatest moments of my life, probably not even England, Mark, I'd say. Um Go on. F- I I you gotta tell the story
1: if you haven't already. Well,
0: just the fourth minute, you know. I I said I whispered to uh to our friend uh Alec at the time when we were in the pub. Uh, I whispered, "This is going top bins," and then it went in. And a the feeling when you call that uh, for any player is is quite a moment, but especially you know semi final of the World Cup against Croatia. It <laughs> and then I don't really remember what happened after that. It was a bit of a a beer beery covered fueled blur. So um, yeah, thank you, Kieran Trippier, forever, forever grateful for that.
1: Yeah, always be grateful for that. Mm. Um, yeah, no, you're right though too. For, for united to look for more of an attacking right back for all the reasons that you just said um and yeah using the tool i thought i would um see who basically is similar to kieran trippier again using this similarity search even if it wasn't going to be kieran trippier and um, see who profiles similar to him if they were in the market for someone like him Fantastic. so first of all a, a shout out to um so matty cash came came up pretty similar who's okay. been doing really well i thought at, at villa um they've Their strong attacking output this season has been has been awesome so he came out as a 91% similarity fantastic um, which is credit to him and also just on that note of the the time period of which I'm looking at these numbers are um, from the start of last season onwards because if we were to just look at it just in terms of this season then there's not as much data to go from so just to just to add that in that I've done it from um, since the start of last season so including and up until this season as well uh and i've also limited the search to players who are 25 years old or less as well because i thought for especially for man united their their recruitment policy isn't going to be looking at you know 35 year olds no. anytime
0: soon so unless you're edison cavani <laughs>
1: well yeah it's a good point actually yeah maybe a quick fix in that regard but <laughs> um but yeah i think it, it's good to do that using these advanced data filters yeah. that in this especially for yeah more of a Um, bombing on fullback, which is the idea for for more of an attacking fullback here Mm. that um, I look more for for a younger right back and someone who I thought profiled pretty similarly which was an interesting one again trying to pull a a gem out is um, Mehmet Zeki Celik now he is a he is a right back who's doing really well at Lille in the French League um, and he's an established Turkish international and there's been rumours of him um, actually going to, to Everton uh, recently or uh, Roma apparently have been interested in him as well so um he seems to be someone who could be on the move um but at 23 years old i think he's he profiles pretty well pretty similarly um and he seems to be quite a a strong player um quite physically he seems to be able to to get up and down he seems very be very capable uh on the ball uh, and looks to get the ball forward and and drive upfield really well with uh, with progressive runs and and progressive passes so could be a, an outside shout, and it'd be quite a good sort of transfer fee that you could maybe get for him. It seems like he's he's valued at um, about eighteen million, but there's rumours that he could be available for about thirteen million. So nice. for someone to kind of push Wamba Saka, but you don't want someone who's going to be again maybe a marquee signing because he might not get into the team. That it could be a you know a shrewd bit of business to get to get someone uh, a little bit cheaper.
0: And I guess it's about pushing and just giving an alternative option, isn't it? Because with the amount of games and stuff at the moment, squad rotation is uh, as important as it's ever been, isn't it? So actually, I think, you know, it it acts as both those things, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And, And it's kind of a horses for courses as well. Like the whole point is that they want someone who's got a bit more attacking threat. So if you're playing against more of a defensive team, then you might throw the attacking right back in mm. if you need to make sure that you keep it solid at the back then you might go again with Aaron wan who knows but um but yeah I I've, I've done it based on the the a- attacking attributes of, of the right back who's similar to to Kieran Trippier to to get Celik um and yeah a few things that he's he's sort of profiling well and as, as I said before is um progressive runs uh, especially like driving up the field um he's he's in the certainly the well above the the top half of, of anyone in in Europe in that sort of metric on a per 90 basis so um yeah he's also gets a lot of touches in the box as well so you can see how he's sort of getting forward he's very comfortable at receiving the ball he's profiling well at um, a lot of passes received so um yeah it could be a yeah just an outside shout as I say I think Everton are in for him but just just a bit of fun to say who is similar uh, to Kieran Trippier
0: Lovely stuff. Uh, just for a second, paint a picture for me and the listeners, what, what exactly you're looking at at the moment. So so is it in the form of like a table and for each metric, it's giving you a, a similarity rating? Like how, how is that coming out on, on on what you're looking at at the moment?
1: Yeah, pretty much. So it's going into this search filter, all the sort of things that I said from the start of last season, yeah. looking at that similarity level. And then it, it spits out a really neat list um, in a table and it'll be based on those who are most similar um, to those who are least similar. Mm. Um, and there's some here which I filtered out who are um, who are not realistic um, transfers for various different reasons, but yeah. the ones that I picked out from it. Um, but it, yeah, it has the name on the left-hand side, their position, their age, and then all of these uh, attributes. So as I say, we're looking at it from an attacking perspective with with a right back. So it will say as i as sort of alluded to before like maybe how many dribbles they've completed how many progressive runs they've had how many touches in the box they've had mm. on a per 90 basis and then really neatly it has next to it kind of a traffic light system so let's say from or someone's also called it kind of skittles before mm. in terms of there's multiple different colors but let's say almost like a traffic light system from red uh, amber to green to just how then highly that player profiles compared to everyone else in the group so when we we're talking about chelic there in terms of his progressive runs uh per 90 it was 1.52 progressive runs per 90 is what it's got here and then it's got a more of an amber color next to him that says he's in the between the 60th and 80th percentile of his positional group so yeah. he's in the well above as i said before the top half of that someone who makes a lot of progressive runs within the whole group fantastic um, so it really neatly shows just how um how their attributes kind of score against everyone else and then obviously that similarity score with the player uh, in question
0: fantastic and also i know that in the toolbox as well you can create a player comparison visualization can't you so with each of these players for the listeners we'll we'll stick a uh, a a nice little vis up so that you can see the comparisons that we're talking about uh we'll get on that in the week but mark should we talk about one more
1: yeah let's do one more uh and i this is probably one that that i personally wanted to to do and it was uh basically i think that um eve basuma at brighton has been doing really well uh recently and he's attracting interest from bigger clubs there's been rumors of man united liverpool arsenal expressing interest in him um and i i think he's a brilliant player anyway I've watched him for a little while and I just think he's so comfortable on the ball. Mm. He breaks the play up really well. He's a very good kind of box-to-box midfielder. Um, and I thought this is more of a hypothetical one in that if he were to get tapped up by any of those clubs, who could then be his replacement for for Brighton? So it's a bit of a leap, but I thought, again, it's just a fun use of the the toolbox to, to see who we could find.
0: Absolutely. I have seen a lot of um, Arsenal fan uh traction on on Do you know how they tend to get quite excited about uh potential players and obviously they went for uh what's his face our didn't they in the summer as well as party um which didn't come through um so maybe maybe Basuma would be a good one for them
1: yeah and he seems to be kind of a I don't want to say jack of all trades I think that's a bit unfair to him but like he's he's well I suppose it's a compliment as well in, in some ways but he is a box to box midfielder mm. I think he he, he can do uh, a lot of, of various different things in in the midfield, and often he'll he'll play as part of a midfield four for uh, for Brighton. So um, again, if we were to look at it in terms of replacements, you'd have to take into account the the sort of system that they might play in. But for now, let's just have a bit of fun with the with the toolbox. 100%. What, what I've done in this this one is, is a bit of a different approach. And I know that we, we said about both of the two different ways that you could look at it using the toolbox that you can do a similarity search, but I did this one um, using uh, the rating search. Okay. So instead of typing in a player, instead of typing in Yves Basuma and trying to find who's most similar to him, I thought, well, let's see what sort of attributes we want, which Yves Basuma does kind of have um, and do it that way. So you can basically use this discovery tool to say, on multiple different attributes how much importance do you want to place on them as i said before so i've put it as um so I thing is out of five how much importance do you want to place on passes yeah for example so i've put out of five i put passes attempted for final third passes attempted high long passes high through passes high um, a passing accuracy high all in terms of importance that we want a midfielder to have
0: an absolute pass master you're after
1: yeah a bit of a pass master. Um, yeah, so I've only focused it on the, yeah, with, with regard to passing in terms of those attributes for now. Okay. Just to see what would come out again. Yeah, nice yeah. Bit of fun, but um, obviously limited it to um, central midfielders only as well. Um, in terms of those that come out, again, some highly unrealistic. The past masters of Europe come out. So Tony Kroos comes out. Yeah. Marco Verratti. Uh, joshua kimmy all would fit in well. very
0: well in brighton's midfield i would imagine correct
1: yeah <laughs> tiago alcantara but you're not having him um he's my favorite player at the moment um but one which i thought was was really interesting and again probably highly unrealistic um in the bigger clubs are after him but someone who came up quite highly 85 percent similarity based on the the rating search was uh, manuel locatelli okay who is a central midfielder for sassuolo um, in Serie A, of course, and they've they've got such rave reviews recently because their their attacking dynamic style of play has meant that they're actually higher than Juventus at the moment at the time of recording, mm. um, doing really well. And Locatelli is something of a, a pass master himself, so I thought that that's interesting that he came out as um, as quite similar. He's he's so comfortable on the ball. He's only 23 as well, um, so again, so much more sort of potential for him. Uh, to go forward but um yeah i think that juventus are in for him um and ac milan wouldn't mind taking him back actually because he previously played um at ac milan before moving to sassuolo yeah. but he is an absolute pass master he he plays more in a 4231 he plays in more of a two of the 4231 yeah. so slightly different system to what Basuma would play in um but he is someone who you know, I said about the uh, traffic light system of those who was sort of in the upper echelons. He's in the 95th percentile plus. All in the greens. Passes, pass, all in the greens in terms of passes completed. Nice. Final third passes completed. Long passes attempted, all that. He's He's got it all in his locker. And I just thought that he'd be someone who, yeah, Sassuolo are doing really well at the moment, but could there be any potential of people picking apart their team come summer? Uh, who knows, but... Um, I just thought he'd be a really good shout. And he's he's already made uh, an appearance in the Italian national team as well. So he's he's not exactly under the radar, um, but he is something of a passmaster. And I just thought it would be uh, an interesting one if ever Brighton were to look for that. Because, Sign him up, Brighton. Well, because Graham Potter's style is very much about dominating, yeah. being on the ball and um, and yeah, building up the play. Um, and it's all hypothetical. It was, first of all, BF Basuma left, but um, I thought that would be an interesting one. And someone who profiles well, using the discover toolbox
0: there you go graham Lockatelli's your man uh Lockatelli's your lock, man lock him in lock him in <laughs> <laughs> no that's really good mate i, I think that once again it's been great delving into the 23 content toolbox which you know always proves to be a really useful asset doesn't it and it's really interesting to see what what it comes out with so yeah well i enjoyed that i enjoyed that
1: okay so that's episode 21 in the bank ryan we're two for two for january so far we're um, doing well. We're absolutely flying. Um, but let's already look to next week. What do you think we should be looking at for next week?
0: Well, it's been a while since I have learnt a new analytical concept, I think, Mark. <laughs> you know, in the early days, I started off with XG and the journey, the journey went on from there, didn't it? So let's go back to our roots. You know, you read a lot, the, the sort of interest in stats and analytics is at its peak at the moment, isn't it? From what I certainly seem to think and the interest is massive. So there's, there seems to be new concepts and new theories and new everything coming up all the time so let's explore one of the concepts that we might not have looked at in previous episodes and and we'll work through it and it'll be
1: glorious. (laughs) No I think that's that's a good idea especially because from the beginning we wanted to make sure that this was a, a podcast which appealed to all it doesn't have to be you don't have to be an analytics type to hopefully enjoy this podcast it can be something for everyone so if as well we can help everyone to understand these, these concepts then we can bring everyone along with us and then maybe refer back to it in future episodes but we don't want to assume that people know these concepts already because then that's quite restrictive so uh, yeah let's let's do that i think that'd be a good idea i'm sure we can get a few examples in as you say and work through um, what would be best to kind of underpin what what the concept is but let's worry about that next week
0: for now, we'll bask in the glory of another 23 Content Toolbox episode and uh, and we'll say bye for now.
1: Bye for now, indeed. Thank you, Ryan, as ever, for your time. Uh, thank you for listening, everybody. You obviously know where to find us, should you wish to. Um, you can email us at fanalytics.pod at gmail.com. Of course, we're on Twitter and Instagram at fanalyticspod. But you all know that by now, so that's fine. Um, thank you again for listening, everybody. We will see you next time.
0: Social podcast network. Wilson, you sent
1: the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4:55 meeting on everyone's calendar.
0: How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. Ninety-six percent of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree?